Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. If I sent you down to the local Christian bookshop to buy some greeting cards, there's a a good chance you'll find uh, a card for most of the big moments in Jesus' life. You'll find cards for his birth, of course. You'll find Christmas cards and you'll find uh, cards for his death and his resurrection. You'll find Easter cards. You'll probably even find a card for Pentecost, I would say. They'll sell cards about Pentecost, the sending of the Spirit. But I don't think you'll find a card for the feast that we're celebrating today, which is a big moment in the life of Jesus. We, we don't tend to give the same publicity to the ascension of Jesus into heaven as we do all the other big moments of his life. And that's probably because it's a bit of a difficult one to get our heads around. But that doesn't mean that it's any less significant than the others, uh, the birth the death, the resurrection, the sending of the Spirit. This is a big moment in the story of salvation. In fact, it's so big that St. Luke writes about it twice. He writes about the end of his Gospel, of Luke, and then he writes about it again in the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, which we heard today. So my mission today is to hopefully draw out something of the significance of this big moment in the life of Jesus, in the story of salvation. I want to say something about what the ascension means for us and how we can draw from it in our everyday lives. I want to begin with Mary Magdalene. Remember she was outside the tomb? She entered the tomb, she realised that that the body was gone, she was upset and she's freaking out really. <laughs> and she turns, she sees someone there, she thinks he's the gardener and she asks the gardener, do you know where to put him? And then of course as she's talking with the gardener, she realises this is not the gardener at all, this is, this is the risen Lord. And as soon as she realises, she turns to Jesus and John doesn't say it but she must grab him because Jesus responds, he says, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. You see what's happening here? Jesus had risen from the dead. He'd conquered the grave. But clearly, from his perspective, the job wasn't yet done. He knew that for the resurrection to have its fullest effect, he needed to ascend to the Father. And that's the, the image that St. Paul is conveying today in, in the second reading. He says that the Father has raised Jesus to be at his right hand in heaven, far above every sovereignty, authority, power or domination. And he has put all things under his feet. He has made Jesus the ruler of everything. Paul's point here is that Jesus has taken the place at the right hand of the Father, which means that Jesus now shares in the full authority of God. That's the key point that Paul's trying to make. He says that Jesus is far above, not just above, he says he's 
far above any other sovereignty, authority, or power. In other words, Jesus is untouchable. He's in the ultimate place of authority. That really matters for us because it means that everything that Jesus gained through his perfect obedience is now made available to us, to all people, at all times and in all places, not just those who were with Jesus when he was here physically, but because he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, he's in the place of authority, all of us get to share in the spoils of his victory. Because of the ascension, Jesus' victory becomes our victory. His life becomes our life. His rewards become our rewards. The basic idea of the ascension is that it it creates a bridge between heaven and earth so that even now we can share in the life of God. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, oh, Father Dan, that's some nice theology. That's a nice idea. Jesus up, right hand of the Father, in the place of power. But, but what does that mean for me in my life as I face my everyday struggles and doubts and all the stuff that goes on in my head? What does the ascension mean for me? What difference does it make to my life here and now? Well, once again, we turn to St. Paul. The second reading, St. Paul's basically saying, he's praying, but here's what he's really saying. When we open our hearts to this moment in Jesus' life, when we can accept in faith that Jesus now shares the full authority of God, St. Paul says we will realise three things, three things that will change our life in all kinds of ways. The first thing he says you will realise is the hope that God holds for you. Secondly, the rich glories that he promises you. And thirdly, you will come to experience the great power that he makes available to you. And that's the power Jesus is talking about in the gospel today. He uses some dramatic examples, drinking deadly poison, picking up snakes. But, but Jesus is basically saying that because of the ascension, Because he's in the place of authority, we will now be able to access a power that will enable us to love in ways that we could never, ever love on our own, in our own strength, in our own power. So the hope that God holds for you, the rich glories he's promised you, and the great power he's made available to you. I just want to reflect on the first gift that Paul mentions today, the hope that God holds for you. I want to to say a little bit about how the ascension brings hope to our daily lives. I want you to try and imagine this scene of the ascension. Maybe a little bit of a difficult one. You don't see people kind of, I don't know, rising every day. But um, try and imagine it. Jesus is there with his apostles. He's given them his final instructions. And then it says, Luke says, suddenly uh, he's lifted up and he's taken from their side. And, and the apostles, as you can imagine, they're, you know, they're there kind of, looking, staring into the sky, perhaps looking a little bit lost, feeling abandoned. Their, their hope, everything that they put their hope in is now disappeared behind the cloud. We probably know what that's like in our own life, don't we? 
We've all, I'm sure, had experiences where we feel like God has abandoned us, has suddenly just vanished. We've all probably had moments where we're kind of looking to the heavens thinking, where is Jesus? A little low on hope, perhaps. Anyway, in the story, as they're looking, two men suddenly appear. They're dressed in white. We can assume they're angels. And they say to the apostles, why are you men from Galilee standing here looking into the sky? Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, the same Jesus will come back in the same way that you have seen him go. The apostles are reassuring, uh, the angels are reassuring the apostles and they're reassuring us. You haven't been abandoned. You're not alone. In fact, quite the opposite. They're saying that Jesus has left so that he can come back to us in a more important way. Jesus is only going so he can come. And so this time when he comes to you in the power of the Spirit, he can come in a way that will remain with you forever. And that's, of course, what we're celebrating next week in the Feast of Pentecost. See, the the ascension is not about Jesus going, but it's actually about him coming to us in an even more intimate way, in a more permanent way. And this is where hope comes in. You see... When Jesus comes to us from his place of authority and when he makes his home in us through the power of his spirit, he comes with his authority. He comes with his authority. That means that even though we still struggle in life, even though the world is still gripped by a pandemic, even though there is all kinds of injustice and and senseless suffering in the world, that we can live in the victory of Christ's resurrection even now. It means that even now we can live with great hope. Even now we can do extraordinary things in our life because Jesus shares his authority with us. At the level of our soul, we also are untouchable because we share in that untouchable authority of Jesus. That's what the ascension means. When Paul had this revelation, St Paul, of of the ascension and and, and what it means that that Jesus was at the right hand of the Father, that that he had all the authority, when when St Paul realised that, he, he, he came to this um, place of unshakable hope, and, and we see that right throughout his writings, but probably the most obvious uh, example, uh, at least for me, comes from Romans 8. He says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And then he goes and he lists all kinds of possible uh, ways that we could be undermined through life. He says, uh, no trouble, no calamity, no danger, no death, no fear or worry, not even of the power, all the powers of hell could separate us from the love of Christ. Despite all the hardships that Paul experienced, he lived with a profound confidence and hope because he knew he'd experienced, he'd, he'd kind of set his eyes on the authority of Christ. Having this vision for ourselves will change everything in our lives. 
recognising that, that Jesus does now sit in the place of ultimate authority. But what's even more important is not just having the vision of it, but actually trusting it. Trusting in the authority of Jesus. You see, that's the only way that Jesus' victory over sin and darkness and death can actually make a difference in our life. When we yield to his authority, when we give ourselves over to God's will. That's what we're saying when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What we're saying there is I want to live under your authority, under your rule, under your victory. If that's what we want, if, if we want to share in the authority of Jesus, if we want to be untouchable in and through his spirit that brings us his victory, then it means that we need to let our kingdom go. If we want his kingdom to come, his authority to come, that means our authority needs to go. Our kingdom needs to go. We need to let go of being the ultimate authority of our life. That means we need to let go, first and foremost, of always being right. It's a bit tricky, huh? <laughs> if we really test ourselves, we probably think we're right more than we realise. We need to let go of that. We need to let go of thinking that we know what's best, that our perspective is the right perspective. We need to humble ourselves constantly before God. We need to acknowledge our limitations and our failures and our need for God. And we need to let go of trying to control our lives. We need to stop making decisions without first consulting God and pursuing his will for our life. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done, in the back of our minds, we should be saying to ourselves, my kingdom go. My authority go. That's my encouragement for you this week as we prepare for Pentecost. I want to encourage you to do whatever you can to yield to the authority of Christ. Just keep entrusting yourself throughout the course of this week to God. Surrender yourself to the will of God over and over and over so that you can make room for the spirit of Christ, the spirit that brings to us the victory of God in our lives and fills us with hope. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.